This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, Brady PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you lost a survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. Welcome back to Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and I'm here on my nice, comfy sit-out couch for the third week in a row. (laughs) Me too, but a comfy chair. Yes. My sit-out chair. And with me, of course, is my co-host, Jessica Lewis, who probably wishes she could have sat out the challenge where she had to wriggle around in sand with her arms and legs tied. Oh, my God. Please don't remind people of that one. (laughs) That's why I'm saying I know you wish you could have sat out. You know what? I I envy David because he got he got the good rock in that draw that allowed him to sit oh, out. This other then, David, not me. Yes, not you, okay. the other David. Yes. That allowed him to sit out and get the reward at the same time without mm. having to suffer through the horrific wriggling through the sand that Jeff Probst decided was a good idea to have us tied up by our hands and our feet and start on our knees. All of these things do not sound proper, right? <laughs> but he made us do it anyway. And I will say that by the end of it, I had a completely exposed breast, but thank goodness there was sand all over it and you couldn't see anything because I was covered in sand. So all of it was bad and it was on national television and I looked like I didn't know how to how to do anything, but I was literally drowning in sand. It was in my mouth, in my nose, horrific. So thank you for starting out the podcast that way. Appreciate You're it. the one who went into graphic detail. I just said you wish you could have sat out from it. 
Man, I wish I could have said that. <laughs> See? See? Sometimes sitting out. And you know what? Since we're on that topic, okay. I will just say that there's there was one challenge that I did sit out. And I truly wish I hadn't because it was the blindfold challenge. Mm, you wanted but, to get bonked on the head or in the groin? No, I didn't want to do that. But, you know, it just looked like it would be fun because mm-hmm. who doesn't want to have to run around and be directed and told, you know, to grab things when you can't see. I mean, you don't get to do these types of things normally, That's right? That's true. But I will say at least it was a very fun challenge to watch other people who did bonk their heads and get hit <laughs> in the groin and hurt themselves. So there was an added bonus where I could just sit there cringing and going, oh, for other people. Who were enjoying themselves. Yeah. So or not enjoying themselves. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, something something to think about when you are determining what challenge you might want to sit out. Will it be entertaining for you to watch? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, before we uh, proceed here, I want to wish a uh, happy, slightly belated birthday to Mr. Jessica. Oh, yes. To my husband, Aaron. <laughs> so kind. Mr. Jessica. Mr. I'm going to tell him that's good. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know if you wanted to use his name on the podcast, you know. Oh, that's so. okay. We can we can we can certainly say his name, Aaron. Okay. Yes. So, yes. Uh, and my mother, too, as well. And your mother. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, all sorts of birthdays. Lots of birthdays. Lots of birthdays. So, I, I mean, honestly, I probably should have wished it first to your mother because she listens to the podcast. And I'm not sure Mr. Jessica does. Uh, I don't think Mr. Jessica does either. I think every once in a while he might jump in there just for a second, but yeah, he's, uh, I will say this. He had a conversation with me this morning and this might be giving a little more information than, than listeners might want in regards to survivor and Mm. the survivor family that I live in. Mm -hmm. Right. We love survivor. We have forever. My husband, he's not liking the new era of survivor at all. And Mm. so he's struggling because he, has loved survivor for so long and he wanted nothing more than for us to continue to have this journey together. And he just doesn't feel like he can anymore, which Hmm. is very sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we certainly have our complaints and we will, we will of course not have any of those today um, (laughs) in like two minutes Uh, because uh, for anyone who uh, is new to this podcast, or maybe you just need a reminder, or maybe you're sick of hearing me remind you and you can just, I don't know, skip 30 seconds, but uh, either way, you know, for the new people, um, we are not surprisingly here to discuss why Claire lost. Uh, We will compare her game to the rules for winning that I originally wrote way back after season one and have been updating ever since using all the non-spoiler information available to us from what we saw on TV, interviews, social media, secret scenes, including secret scenes that actually were applicable. the as I've mentioned, the new versions of the rule are up on the website and you can find them by going to our dedicated page at robhaswebsite.com slash plus feed and clicking on the link bubble that is helpfully labeled Survivor 44 Rules. Um, um, now, I do have some good news for you this week, Jessica. Oh, you didn't lose your winner pick. <laughs> oh, oh, really? We're going to start with. So not only are you going to remind everyone of me drowning in the sand. Now you're going to remind everyone that I'm terrible at predictions and I've already lost my winner pick. Thanks, David. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, apparently so. Uh, apparently, I, I didn't want to beat I, up. Anything I, else you want to just smear I, my face in I mean, before I we get started? 
I didn't want to beat up on you too much last week, so I saved it. You know? <laughs> oh, I know. I, mean, I still have my apology to to Helen sign yes, over here. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I yes, I'm terrible at predictions. We've covered that. I will continue to be terrible at predictions. Well, and I, I mean, I, I have to say, Claire was on my RHAP podcast or fantasy team. Well, so I, after and- the third episode, I had to pay points to swap mm-hmm. out a second player since I listened to you and put Helen on my team originally, oh, too. Oh, I'm so sorry. You listened yeah. to me. Yeah, that was my own fault. I know. Uh, I <laughs> am now in last place. Mm, uh, like, you know what? I would feel bad for you, but for but you the commentary that was just provided regarding that was, Jessica. Yeah, that was the segue. <laughs> well, you know what, David? You were wrong to listen to Jessica. Okay. So yeah. there. You were not right. You were wrong. <laughs> Don't ever listen to me again. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to the rules, there are always some other things about the episode for us to discuss. Uh, You may have heard me say something about complaints a minute ago. Mm. Um, Now, I think the most important actually relates to some of the things that we'll be discussing later, because we have to go over the rules with this in mind. So this is Mm -hmm. kind of a setup. And I'm, of course, talking about how the shape of the new era game puts especially extra pressure and focus on women and again, especially on the smaller women. Mm. Now that in and of itself is not why Claire lost. We can't just end this podcast, you know, right. uh, but it does bear discussion. And in fact, we're not the first to bring it up. Let's be honest. Mm. Uh, you know, Robin Steven talked about it right away on know-it-alls. Others have as well, um, both on social media in other podcasts, Mm-hmm. Um, there are the various things. Some of these things we've been, you know, we've talked about before. Right. Uh, the six player tribe format really puts the focus on challenge strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the extra emphasis. I feel like I've said the word emphasis quite a bit, but I really want to emphasize it. Uh, the the extra physical strength aspect in the challenges puts even more focus on it because we've talked previously yeah. about how brutal. <laughs> Some of these early challenges have been in the past couple of years. I mean, even and I think Claire may have brought this up also, but even the slide puzzle. OK, mm, you think, aha, mm-hmm. they're ending it with a puzzle. Yeah, it's a gigantic slide puzzle that Jeff said you literally needed every person on the tribe pushing them around. Yes. And you had one of the strongest players having to sit out for some of that challenge because right. it was so draining. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Claire herself said on Twitter, I just have this crazy theory that if early survivor challenges aren't lift and or push heavy thing, you might see less women going home. Yeah. And I will say, too, I was personally surprised to see Claire go so early just because she came across so incredibly well in her Mm -hmm discussions prior to the game, her plans going into the game. Like we, I think both had her very high up on our list. It, you had her on your draft. She was top five baby for me. And you know, in there. I think she was a lot of people's winner pick as Mm -hmm. well. And so including, I think Dalton Ross had chosen her. So a lot of people, you were not the only one who picked Helen. Dalton was not the only one who picked Claire. A lot of people lost their winner picks in the past two weeks. Yes. And so 
One, I think it's terrible that when we are trying to come up with our winner picks, that should not be a consideration. We shouldn't right. be looking at the physical prowess of the person and making a determination based upon that. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it should be said because of the six tribe format, it's very interesting that the six person, person tribe, or six per- person yeah. tribe, excuse me, <laughs> six this tribe. Format, ah! yeah, yeah, this <laughs> format, six person yeah. tribe that it really did seem like Danny was pushing this vote the most. And if you look at the tribe, who is Danny? He's one of the most physically strong people, right? Sure, and so, you're jumping to my conclusion here. Jeez. Uh, I mean, I know I, you often jump know, ahead, but I do on. jump ahead. But I do yeah, think I, it I needs to yeah. be said that, right. that then your the vote can be controlled by a physical strength component like oh well we don't want to lose danny like we need to have danny and he's telling us to do this and we need him to win challenges and we have to win challenges because there's not going to be so there's all of these things that is just it's a terrible combination it's just a terrible combination now just so people don't okay you know decide oh jessica's already jumped to david's conclusion we're done no uh you know there's there's more to it yeah that's part of it um now adding to all of this is the lack of anticipated swaps. Yes. Because they saw none in 41 and 42. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll, of course, discuss more specifically how, you know, Appendix A applies to Claire when we get to Appendix A. But for this more general discussion, I do say in that appendix that perhaps people shouldn't worry about voting out the weak, the physically weak, every time early mm-hmm. if you know that tribe swapping will occur. Right. and. Uh, Evie jumped in on Twitter to say, here's a real life example. She said, one of the talking points I was able to use against, quote, keep the tribe strong was that a swap was probably soon. We thought there would be a swap to three tribes at 15 or two tribes at 14. But now, so that was, you know, that's like the one example in the new era mm-hmm, of voting mm-hmm. out two men. Right. And Unfortunately, one was Bocha. But sorry, Bocha. Uh, yeah. Um, but Evie, you know, obviously that was 41. Mm-hmm. So they didn't know there wasn't going to be a swap. They were right. operating on the idea that it was. Now people are operating on the idea that there won't be. Right. Mm-hmm. And so our friend Adam Klein uh noted similarly in the same Twitter conversation, uh, if they think a switch up is far off, challenge strength matters more. Yeah. So then the flip side of what I said in the appendix about not worrying about it is to worry about it. And right. if your tribe is weak in challenges, it's likely to stay that way or even get worse. Yes. And I and Claire is an interesting example, because as we all know, she didn't actually perform in any of the mm-hmm. challenges. But she was also considering that when making those determinations after, you know, was right. t- second time, third time. Because what if all of a sudden they do lose and then they'll point to her and say, well, right. it had to have been Claire. Yeah. And so all of these things work against the players in a way that they just cannot control. You can only do so much when you are preparing to come into Survivor yes. and you can't change certain parts of yourself. You can work out. And she said, I was in the best shape I've been in mm-hmm. my life. So she had clearly been working out, taking care of herself, getting herself ready. But. If people are just looking at someone and making a determination based upon how they look and saying, well, this person appears to be weaker than the other person. And we also don't know how she's going to perform because she hasn't yet. Well, she must be weak. And therefore, we need to vote her off because we can't go back to tribal. 
is just it's an unfair right and this conclusion to me i mean and that's a general statement right because i think you know we will find out it's more complicated for for her but sure um um but i think and i mean it's 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 almost never specifically that simple right you know um and you can always point to other things but when you see this overwhelming number mm-hmm. you know when the stats came out i was like holy crap right you know? like and, you can't ignore it because right. it it's clearly a repetitive thing yeah and it's it's a problem. Yeah. And Mike Bloom tweeted something that was also rattling around in my brain about how it's similar to Australian Survivor, where there's kind of this parabola of women. They they get knocked out early, mm-hmm. a bunch of them. And then there's a few stragglers make it to the end because they aren't seen as threats anymore. Right. Now, maybe Jeff and the rest of production think this is OK because, well, some women are still making it to the end. But yeah. I would rather see a much more even keeled season to give everybody a better chance at, you know, actually playing the game. Right. Now I will say my season also went into the merge with very few women left. Um, but it, and I, I mean, I trying to remember, I don't, was it four, maybe five there, I, there wasn't, but it's, and that was a two tribe format and things were a little bit different. We did have the, the the swap zone. We had Mm -hmm. the, we had the three tribes at one point in time. And so every season obviously is going to be reacting differently to the circumstances of that season. And so it's one of those, okay, well it happened here. Maybe it won't happen next time. Okay. Well it happened again. Well, maybe it won't happen next time. Okay. Well it happened again. Right. And you have to start looking at that and determining whether or not they want this trend to continue or if it's something that they would like to see changed because this has happened. Women have been voted out. I think more often than men early mm-hmm. on in these in the games because there is the challenge component, but it does seem to be much more of a, a resonating theme now that we are seeing versus previous seasons where it has happened, but not at such a regular rate. Yeah. I mean, once you get later on in the season, when they go to individual challenges, we will often see things like balance and endurance and yes. things that favor often uh, different body types. Mm-hmm. But those don't seem to often get incorporated in these early tribal challenges. Right. And that's and I do think that there are certain challenges that do, as you said, favor someone that might have smaller feet. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and there are those challenges that we used to see where you wanted to have someone who was smaller in stature because they got put in a barrel and they had to be rolled around or they had to be put on some wheel and had to drink water without Mm -hmm. drowning. You know what I mean? But, but those were things that, that it was good to have someone who was smaller in stature so you could have them perform in those challenges. But these challenges through and through since the new era have been so strength heavy. It's, overwhelming i think to these players uh, to have that challenge last for four hours on the slide puzzle mm-hmm. that's craziness yeah yeah i mean and we saw in you know 41 and 42 fill this uh cart with rocks and push it up a hill yeah you know and, and it's like these people are straining to get an inch yeah and this and then, the, and then you the wonder why the smaller hmm? The snake challenge with the wet snake that they that had to get. Too? I mean, yeah. that's like yeah. a 500 pound snake or something. Right. And just crazy. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's switch topics from a complaint about how production <laughs> is handling this season <laughs> to 
a different complaint about how production is handling the season. You oh, saw okay. exactly where I was going. Dude. <laughs> uh, I may have telegraphed that one. Um, and that takes us to one of our favorite topics, idols. Mm. Uh, more specifically, in this case, fake ones. Yes. Uh, now, I'm going to take a bit of a contrary position here because this week especially, there were a lot of people complaining on Twitter about how Danny was able to easily use his note from his real idol to put with the fake idol he was also given in order to fool Matt. Yes. And I agree with part of that. But first, I just want to note, this is no different or almost no different than the way the trend had been going mm-hmm. of people using their real notes with fake idols. I mean, yes. as people have been getting smarter in the game. So I was explaining this to my son, who is a new a new era watcher, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he's like, have people always done this? And I said, well, you know, it started out when someone first had the idea to make a fake idol. And then a guy drew a smiley face on it. And another person said, it's just an <laughs> effing stick. And then, and then, you know, people made better fake idols, but then people started realizing, oh, it doesn't come with a note. So then they started adding the note into mm-hmm. it. When mm-hmm. someone would find a real idol, they would then. But take what does that require? Note, finding the real idol. Right. And, you know, but it does here, too. I mean, sure. Danny got the real idol. Yes. Danny got a note. OK, so he then took it with a fake idol and made Matt think that his was real. Right. Matthew did the same thing to Jamie in the same episode, with the only difference being he had to string together some beads on his own. Which I am going to stop you there. For no, just yeah, two seconds. I, I have, I, you know, I have in my notes. Jessica will stop me here. I because but yeah, I will say this. People who have made idols throughout the years have been either very, very good at it or very, very bad at it. Right. (laughs) And we have seen some people create incredible idols that are so convincing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk about my season for just a moment. The reason why David Wright was able to create an idol Mm -hmm. that was so believable was because he had actually seen what they looked like. They were very specific. They were very particular. And so he was able to make one that appeared like all of the others there. I think it was um, Bob that created one of the best, I think, fake idols ever yeah. with all of the beads that he collected. Mm-hmm. But the the component that existed with all of that was the time and effort that it took to create those fake idols. Right. I was collecting everything. I was mm-hmm. a hoarder I because I was hoping I could make a fake idol. I even found a bone on the island somewhere and tucked it in my bag because I thought maybe I could use this for something. And, but that takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time and you have to be sneaky and you have to hide it in your bag and hope nobody goes through your bag. So all of that is a risk that you're taking. And when you're creating it, you don't know if it's going to pass muster. You don't know if it's going to look like other idols. You have no idea if someone's going to look at it and go, this is an effing stick, right? Yeah. But when production is like, here is a beautiful, shiny coin. It's not shiny, but you know what yes. I mean. Yes. Okay. So let me let me stop you this time. Yes. Uh, because I, I do want to say, yeah, what you're saying is true, except Survivor has made some of their idols so janky looking. Oh, of course. I mean, there was one idol in, was it, was it David versus Goliath or no? No, it was. Um, they looked okay. like bad friendship bracelets. They yeah, were terrible. There, there are some of those. And then there was one that was like a seashell and a string. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, so they've made them so janky looking that you don't really need to try very hard. 
Right. You know, Which, I mean, I credit Matthew. It looked like a string of beads and it was a string of beads. Mm-hmm. So, okay. But yes, the big difference, and this is the one part will I, where I will agree with people, is the, very, is the, the medallions. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're giving someone a medallion, mm-hmm. you can't make that on the island. No. No. And so, you know, for the one that has a string of beads, because the thing is, not all of the birdcage idols are the same. Each idol, each fake idol is the same as someone else's real idol. Mm-hmm. But like two of them are medallions and one is a string of beads. Yeah. The meda- the person, the people who got the medallion ones, they have an advantage because you can't create those. Right. No one will think that that is a homemade yes. fake idol because you're not finding that on the island anywhere. Yeah. So for that, I agree. They should not have given them medallions as fake idol. They should not have given them anything that could not be found elsewhere in camp. And but that's the only thing that I disagree with. You know, mm. that that the official looking fakes are the ones no. that I disagree with. Other I disagree than that, with you there. Okay. I don't think that production should be providing an actual fake idol in its entirety they have provided the means to make one Mm -hmm. that was a reward uh someone received which great yeah debbie got that and it was up to her like if you want to make one here's things to Mm -hmm. make it great because that takes time and effort and energy right i don't even know if she bothered to make it i think she just hung out on the boat (laughs) i don't remember. remember i can't remember but but i will say i i feel like production is inserting themselves too much in making things easier for players to mess with other players. And I know that that's always fun. Stir the pot a little mm-hmm. bit, but you are taking what a player should be determining to do on their own. Like, well, I'm going to make a fake idol. Like we saw Matt do, or he was like, I'm Matthew. going to make Matthew. I'm going to get the, I'm going to remember <laughs> this. So Matthew decided I'm going to take the time and I'm going to make this mm-hmm. fake idol. That was his decision. Now you have production going, here, we're going to give you these things and we want you to, you know, and and making it just too yeah. incredibly easy for players to then mess with other people's games and potentially affect an outcome because production has given them something without them having to do it themselves. Yeah. I mean, personally, do I think Danny would have done it himself otherwise? Yeah, that guy's nuts. You know, he's sure. But let him do it then. Let us watch his his creativity and let us be impressed. I mean, when David Wright made that fake idol, Mm -hmm. it required him taking a little bit of fire and sneaking it out of camp and going far away and building his own fire from this little bit he had stolen. He stole embers. So then he could go into the into the woods somewhere and secretly put together this fake idol. And that was entertaining. And that was like, wow, look at this. Look Mm -hmm. at him. He's like this, this, you know, genius who's like, ha ha ha, I will sneak off into the night and I will do this. And, (laughs) but it took a lot of thought and energy and risk. And when you're removing the risk component, because you're making it just too easy for the players to do this, I just feel like you're affecting the game too much at that point. I will move a skosh over towards that position now okay. but i just a skosh uh but uh that's it, it, part of the metric system uh <laughs> but um um i could just say that most people won't know uh, but, 
<laughs> Googling skosh now. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the, I, I just saw so much outrage on Twitter about it, including from Stephen, mostly. Um, but and Stephen I just, made a very valid point. Because now that, that it'll just, uh, I will, I will, because the fact that production is now inserting what are fake idols and determining that this here is real, this here is fake. You're going to see nails and, you know, my lip stuff. So like (laughs) they get to decide what is what, and now you're going to have players, as he indicated, questioning moving ahead. Do I have a real or a fake idol? Because production got involved and I don't, I mean, because people would think Ah, that that's that's exactly it. See, I, I, this is, this is where I like this because of the unintended consequences that nobody will trust an immunity idol in the future. So they will be essentially useless. So wouldn't it be funny if by providing this flood, Jeff Probst accidentally kills off immunity idols? Oh my gosh. Are there are other things we can kill off first. Well, besides- yeah, knowledge is power. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we may be headed towards a post-merge advantage Geddon where everyone believes they have a real idol mm-hmm. and Jeff is going to have to get out the whiteboard to explain who's is real and who's is fake. I know. Yeah, this is craziness. Now, I also, speaking of knowledge is power, I also want to bring up a point raised to me by William McQuaid, who uh, saw an interesting question on Reddit, uh, which was, if at the merge, Someone plays knowledge is power on Jamie or Matt and says, do you have an idol? What happens? Does well, Jeff right. step in to stop the transfer? Like Jamie says, ah, damn it. Yes, I do have an idol. Here you go. And Jeff says, hold on there. You right. actually don't. And then she gets confused and everybody else gets confused. Yes. And then it's just a big because it doesn't come with the note that explains this is a fake idol. Right. Now, yeah, no, this is this, all bad. This led me to wonder, can players in future seasons use knowledge is power on themselves? So I'd be like, David, do you have any idols? And then I'd look at Jeff. <laughs> so I'd just be waiting for an answer. And so... So you would so, be outing yourself. I'd be outing myself. But you would be learning out. whether or not it was exactly. a real idol. Exactly. Now, if the rules specify you have to use it on someone else, just have a tight ally do it. Interesting. So Boy, yeah, we'll you might use... just be giving ideas to future Survivor I hope players so. God, in I this would, new would, era of that's Survivor. Right. People on 45 and 46, do it. Get ready. Do it. <laughs> All right, yeah. now. Uh, the next topic I want to discuss deals with something we we actually kind of joked about uh, and also talked about a bit, which is sitting out of challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we'll you know discuss the, the specifics of Claire's situation in Appendix A, but this has obviously come up as a general matter. Um, I do think the producers should modify the rules to make it what they originally claimed. You can't sit out in back-to-back challenges. Well, wasn't there something that came out where Jeff indicated that that's what was going to be happening? Well, yeah, see, that's exactly it. I wrote all this up in my notes. I think I put it on Twitter, put it in my notes, said we should go back to. I mean, because, you know, uh, uh, to to set it up, uh, 
Jeff always used to say you couldn't do it, but what he really meant was in the same episode. Right, because there was and always was, the two right, challenges. And that was, right. Excuse me, right. They used to have two challenges. Now we have one challenge and a bunch of people running around to find advantages. Um, <laughs> and open oh, yeah. bird cages. <laughs> yes. So I said that on Twitter, and then I went to listen to Jeff's podcast, and yes, he said the very same thing for the exact reason. So yes. me and Jeff thinking the same thing. I love it. What is this world coming to? I know. Maybe, hopefully, can you send more vibes his way? I believe me, I'm things? trying. I think you should. Because, yes, that is, I do think that the back-to-back sitting out of challenges, there was, it was always very clear in previous seasons that you cannot sit out the same person in back-to-back challenges. Jeff would say that. And so you had to make a decision. But that apparently doesn't matter anymore when they're only doing one, which I I agree is silly. And so I'm glad that they're going to be amending that. Well, he said they were thinking about it. Well, you know, I I think they should. Send your vibes. I think it's fairer to do it that way, to make them at least switch off. Yeah. Um, Now, one more thing I wanted to mention came up in Claire's interview with Dalton Ross, where she talked about how in the first challenge, she got water bottles for everyone. And more specifically, she referenced the fairness situation on Survivor, which we had discussed in the deep dive interview we did with Voce last year. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the fairness judge. Mm-hmm. And then I put it on TikTok and it became very popular on TikTok. Uh, she echoed a lot of what Voce said. <clears throat> like, apparently I'm going through puberty. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> like that if if one tribe is in the shade, everyone has to be in the shade, et cetera. So yeah. when Brandon got a water bottle because he was in such bad shape during the challenge, Claire over on the sit out bench is like, uh, Jeff, does everyone get a water bottle? Mm-hmm. And so they gave everybody a water bottle. So I yeah. just think it's funny that Voce called it right here ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if Claire had seen that interview before going out there or if she just happened to notice the same thing he did. Yeah, no, that I do think is is an interesting component because I went into one of our challenges. We had none of us had any water mm-hmm. and they didn't give us any water. We had a dead uh, lizard in our water oh, yes, and so we couldn't yes. drink it. Yeah. And so, yes, everyone should get water before they have a challenge and maybe during a challenge. I don't know. It's crazy. So people don't pass out. Yeah. No one has to be medevac. Crazy. <laughs> so All good right. on you, Claire. That's right. Now, surprisingly, I don't have anything for our Jeff Probst is wrong about blank segment this week. Um, I mean, beyond the stuff we, we've already we kind of already touched upon well, it, right? But that's I mean, see, that's the thing for this segment. It's like things he has specifically said that he's wrong about. Yeah. Um, and so but I want to say there was something he was right about, <gasps> even though it's a little off topic. So in his podcast. He was talking about how he got the Survivor hosting gig after having previously turned down other things like hosting dating shows. Mm. And he said he lives by the idea, if I'm the right person for the job, there is nobody else. And if there's anybody else, then I'm not the right person. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never heard it expressed quite like that, but I, I realized that while I wouldn't by any means say I live by that motto, like he's, he says, it really does apply quite well to a lot of my career and other things that I've been doing. like. When I was promoted at work, not here, uh, twice, I was what I would say the obvious candidate. Like mm-hmm. everybody around knew I would and should get the job. 
Um, and then, in fact, although I retired 10 months ago, my old boss still has not filled my position mm. because she didn't think she could ever find the right person for it. There you go. Um, now, while this is, you know, you know, sounds like a big head and ego boost, um, I still think it's pretty dumb that she hasn't because the work still has to get done and she's just forcing others to do it. But she's apparently decided that, as Jeff said, there is nobody else. Um, and so I guess even though she and I parted ways on less than great terms, I should feel honored. You should, because no one can fill David Bloomberg's shoes. Oh, like thank you. Um, although Carolyn would take them, you know, and wear one of my shoes and one of somebody else's shoes. What if, is happening there? She said it was, she said on Twitter that it was Bruce's. Uh, but and why? I, I, who knows? It's Carolyn. Can, why? Who knows? I know. I know. Um, so, all right. Was there anything? I know we're 35 minutes into it. I know. We're way else? in. I think we're good. We've touched okay. upon so many things. We need to talk about Claire. Okay. Well, first, we need to talk about rules. Yes. Uh, because the rules that we are about to discuss come in a shorter and, of course, much more colorful version yes, in poster form. So mm -hmm. go to robhaswebsite.com slash yxlostfeed. Scroll down to the poster, which is right below the Survivor 34 uh, rules bubble, um, which I'm circling and realizing nobody else can see that. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> circling it with the mouse. And it's like, oh, it's not. Um, uh, scroll down to the poster. Click it. Buy it. Love it. That's steal, right. Hang it up. Your words. Love. Yes, that's right. Love your life. Yes. <laughs> um, and I did. I was. It was. I believe it was Ginny. I'm going to start paying more attention to people's names who ordered, and I just mailed it out this morning. So okay. that is on the way. Thank you for the purchase. <laughs> um, we're saying this so we can come back when each person is on Survivor. I know. I'm like now. I'm like I really have to look at these yeah, names because yeah. we clearly. I clearly missed one. So sorry, Carolyn. Yes. but I'm glad that you bought one. Yes. And yeah, come buy them. Carolyn, once again, tweeted living by the rules. So I love that. So uh, you can also, if you need to live by the rules and you can't carry around a poster, get it on a T-shirt. Scroll mm -hmm. down for that. Scroll down for uh, the checklist T-shirt as Which I'm well. Rocking today. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so. Uh, so. There we go. There we um, are. Yay. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely having an effect on you. <laughs> Not sure what effect. Hey, listen. All you right. Just keep asking me back. So I guess it's all. I, I guess so. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I've seen some people saying that Claire didn't even play Survivor, but that's simply not true. Challenges are not Survivor. Mm. Uh, similarly, I mentioned earlier that the answer isn't simply that she sat out of all three of the immunity challenges. Indeed, Franny said on the show that this vote was a lot more complicated and they needed to zoom out and realize that it's a longer game than just one vote. I think we'll find agreement with Franny in that regard. But, you know, the complicated part, well, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. To cut through all of that as we figure out why Clara lost. Yes. Now, we, of course, begin with the first and most important rule. And it might surprise some people to know that it's not play every challenge. Mm, but in it's fact, not? It is, what, what? Oh, I yeah. Know, I know. It's actually scheme and plot. It's crazy. Um, and this is where right away I want to, again, emphasize that Claire was definitely playing Survivor. Mm-hmm. She, she came into the game knowing that her physical stature was going to cause people to question her. So she needed to ensure that she was someone others could work with in the long term. And Mm -hmm. that's where she focused. Uh, She told Mike Bloom that through the first five days or so, a lot of people were coming to her. She was, you know, somewhat in the middle. She had, you know, Franny and Matt as her closest allies, which we saw on TV. And we could also tell that she seemed closer to Franny than Matt. Mm -hmm. Um, Claire also said that she was close to Heidi. And furthermore, she felt like she was doing decently with Danny as well. So if they had gone to tribal council any sooner, she thinks she would have been fine and Matt would have been sent packing. But then around day six, things shifted and she felt like she'd become Danny's target. Yes. Yes. And I think that this is an interesting shift to pay attention to because this is one of those your best laid plans kind Mm -hmm. of idea, right? You come into Survivor and you want to play a game a certain way and that's what you begin to do. And it ends up negatively affecting someone else's game potentially. And so suddenly, even though you are scheming and plotting, your scheming and plotting is something that someone else is going, hmm, don't like that they're scheming and plotting and I need to potentially do something about that. I and we'll get to that. I'm not I there is in my view there's definitely some agreement with you there. Mm-hmm. Um and I know Claire said something about it too. We'll get to that in I don't know rule 2, rule uh, 6, something like that. Um but to me the key here is where I thought you were going to go was your scheming and plotting. And someone else is also scheming and plotting. Well, right, and it, and it's not and they, it's not working right, right, and that's why they come that's up why against each other. Yes, and so you come in having this plan, and someone else comes in having this plan, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't jive. They don't. Right. They're not something that you can meld together. Now, I think Claire thought she could meld things together, but sometimes one person's idea of a game isn't 
what someone else's idea of a game is. Right. And so you end up becoming an issue for each other because you're not playing. Yes. No one's going to play the same exact game of Survivor. And so I think in this situation, it was very clear who was, I, I say very clear, but I think it was very clear to the to these six mm-hmm. who was calling the shots and who was forming relationships. Well, by the who, end it was, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, but, to me, the main thing that changed in that time frame was Danny fed the fake idol to Matt. Yes, and I don't disagree with that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and that accomplished two things. First, it meant that people like Heidi or Josh, who were not in the know, wouldn't want to target him or Franny because there would be the risk of the idol bouncing mm-hmm. back on them. Right. And second, it meant Danny wouldn't want to target him. Because what's the point of giving someone a fake idol? Right. If you then just vote them out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The whole point is to be able to have some sort of control of them. Right. Later. Definite ripple effect. Yes. For sure. And so, okay, the target wasn't going to be Matt. Uh, it had to shift somewhere. Uh, it, it really, they didn't want it to be Franny for similar reasons. We know Danny had a tight alliance with Heidi. It was slim pickings on a six-person tribe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is goes back to our complaint about mm-hmm. the size of the tribes being an issue. Yeah. So one thing Claire told Rob that she should have done differently is as soon as one of her allies in their you know three-person group lost his vote, she should have found a new alliance. Now, I have to admit that wasn't the first thing I thought of. Uh, but in retrospect, She's at least somewhat right. Yes. Or if she wasn't going to be able to suddenly, you know, jump and completely relocate, uh, she needed to bring over mm, at least mm-hmm. one more person. Now, I'll cut her a little slack on this. I'm sure she's thrilled to know that uh, because she thought that she was close enough to have Heidi. Right. But obviously that wasn't the case. And Josh was just kind of left hanging out there. Mm-hmm. And nobody seemed to have him. That was the pers- perfect person for her to go after. Right. You know, and it, it takes me back to how Carson has been handling his tribe, knowing each individual person very well. Now, part of it was handed to him on a platter by Helen and Sarah, as we discussed last week. But mm-hmm. he also worked to get in that position. In Soka, it seemed like, Nobody really knew or worked closely with Josh. So he was just hanging there like a ripe breadfruit ready to be plucked. Right. Which is interesting that that wasn't where everybody shifted to. But I think this brings us back to the tribe strength component, right? That we've already talked about Mm -hmm. where if you're talking about challenge strength and you're talking about wanting to continue further in the game, you don't want to lose any more challenges between Claire and Josh. Well, it, seemed like Josh would be the better person to keep around as far as tribe strength is concerned for physical strength. For and physical. I was physical. more talking about that Claire should have gone out and grabbed him. Well, you know, oh, and the I, opportunity right. that the, the opportunity to, to kind of um, uh, buttress her forces. I don't know. Well, and I'm if, trying to say something, but I, uh, pardon? Yeah. But she did talk about trying to get close to him. And she said it just didn't seem like he was making any headway. Yeah. Well, and I I really wonder if there's, you know, we there's a reason that Josh isn't on the show much. And she talked about how reserved he is. Yeah. And so I really wonder, is it 
you know, he just doesn't talk much to people and he isn't, you know, he's the same way in confessionals maybe. And, and so he's just, you know, but if you want that vote, you know, you, I know you, you really have to work it. for it. And, um, and I do think that it's also to Claire's credit, even though she did say she tried to work with Josh, she was also trying to work very hard on, on Heidi mm-hmm. to, bring her along and make sure that she had her and Heidi was being very clear about, well, I'd say very clear, but some of the things Heidi said in response were, were pretty clear where, where she was going to land. Yeah. And so, and I think that that again is one of the situations where Heidi is playing her own game, her own scheming Mm -hmm. and plotting. And now your game might not work with what I want. And so the better plan is over here and not necessarily with Claire. And so I do feel like, Claire's options were rather limited because of the size oh, yeah. of the tribe. Yeah. The size of the tribe and the forced loss of vote. Right. Oh, and that. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it. Lots of people have talked about it. It's I just, know. It's terrible. It is um, terrible. Now, there was one area where we saw Claire had definitely done well in this role, and that was work she did from the sit-out bench. Yes. Uh, you know, getting information from Matthew. Uh, she talked in interviews about how she had to kind of keep chipping away at him uh, during that very long challenge until she got some, you know, useful Intel, but that allowed her to know about his injured shoulder and uh, the birdcage idol at the Ratu tribe. And also that Matt's idol was probably fake. All of this would have been helpful to her later as she progressed through the game, especially Mm -hmm. at the merge. She just ended up, or didn't end up making it to that point. But I don't know why she didn't do more with the fake idol component of it. If I she, mean, she she said she told Franny, and you assume anything Franny knows, Matt knows. Yeah. Um, but the the problem is, then what? Okay, Matt has a fake idol. They don't know who planted it. Right. Oh, and that's fair. I mean, they um, can stir stuff up, but that would also raise the question of how does Claire know? Yes, I'm I was Claire if, so sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that end up rebounding back on her? Mm. And people are like, oh, so Claire is certain she supposedly heard it in a conversation with someone from the other tribe that no one else knows about. Right. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, it all sounds very suspect for sure. Yeah. But so, sometimes you, you have to throw everything at the wall and true. see what sticks when you're when you're in that position. Yes. Um, now, when you're doing that, you have to make sure that you don't violate the second rule, which says not to scheme and plot too much and mm-hmm. to keep your scheming secret. Now, Claire said in the pregame that her friends and family told her to you know, kind of chill out. Uh, and she even said, my biggest threat is going to be myself and the situations I put myself into by thinking too much. Mm. As it turns out, that wasn't a problem. So I guess she listened to herself. Right. But then that might have caused her some potential issues because she wasn't maybe pushing as much as Mm. she should and maybe falling into a comfort thinking, Oh, I'm good. I've got these people. We're fine. When in actuality, she wasn't probably doing as much as she needed to because by the, and I know she said she felt like she was, she was good Mm -hmm. up to day five. Maybe she wasn't as good as she thought up to day five. And then suddenly day six rolls around and there's a different feeling, a different Mm -hmm. vibe because well, now they're going to tribal. So I'm curious if if her kind of keeping back a little bit had any negative effect on her in the game as well. I mean, that's an interesting point. Um, I mean, there's really no way to know. But you're right. If if you are holding back, I mean, you know, we 
see it with Josh or we don't mm-hmm. see it with Josh, I guess right. I could say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe there was some of that. Um, now there was one issue that we saw on TV of what seemed like overskiing. Uh, when Claire apparently suggested to Franny that they target Matt. But even as I was watching it, it just did not make sense to me. Like, this woman isn't stupid. She's not going mm-hmm. to suggest to Franny that she vote out her showmance, her duo partner, whatever you want to call it. Now, luckily, Mike Bloom asked her about that. And she noted that this was an earlier conversation with the tell being the shirt she was wearing at the time. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, that that was actually several days earlier when she was trying to keep Franny safe because everyone was pointing at Matt at that time. Right. And so she was basically saying, hey, we should just jump on this train and vote for Matt because we don't want to get left behind. So basically right. what Franny eventually ended up doing to her. Right. Unfortunately. (laughs) All right. Uh, The third rule tells players to be flexible, like jumping on that train. Um, We know from our discussions in the first rule that Claire was in with Brandy and Matt, uh, though, or rather she thought she was good with Heidi and she did try to work with Danny as well. So other than Josh, she was at least working with or working on everyone. Um, we've already talked about how she should have tried harder with Josh, so we don't need to, you know, rehash that here. But other than that, what thoughts do you have about her flexibility? Playing the challenge. (laughs) Well, that's not flexibility. It was flexibility to not play in the challenge. Oh, no, I know, I know. No, um, no, I I do think that, that this is one of those situations where I think Claire was just trying to read the room a lot. Mm-hmm. And so she, even though attempted to move things around as she needed to, I don't think there was a great big push that she felt until she got to that day six. And by the time you get to that day six, I think it might be a little too late for you to start trying to shift and change things up in the way that you want, because people have kind of settled in to a plan. I mean, you think about it, this is their first vote. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants it to be them. And if there's an idea that's floated out there that they can all kind of gravitate to and say, oh, well, it's not going to be me. And we have this reason. Oh, she sits out all the time and we don't know how strong she is. Okay, that sounds good. Then, yes, I mean, I think she's in a a tough spot to really at that point find anyone else that's going to be willing to be flexible with her. Yeah. All right. Well, the fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them. And again, I'm going to toss it to you. How do you think Claire did that? In the oh my God, she did this so well because all of her facial expressions behind people's backs were the best. <laughs> I can't even do them nearly. Well. I, will, I will say that that was uh, very enjoyable to watch that she would have those moments and those reactions. But I, I, I like, I think I liked even more when Franny and Matt had the stick bug and she was sitting right. Yes. And she was laughing and, and, and she was laughing silently, like dying laughing. Yes. But they had no idea. Nope. So good. And so I really do think that she did a a really good job with with keeping her emotions in check. And also that conversation with Franny when she's reminding Franny, like, hold up a little bit on the Mm -hmm. the showman's thing with Matt. People are Mm -hmm. noticing that's someone who's very aware of the emotional component of the game and what effect it can have on the game itself, where you start Mm -hmm. making decisions based upon things other than strategy and what's best for the 
for the your actual game. And so the fact that she was reminding for any of that, I think, speaks volumes of how she was approaching the game herself. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I didn't see anything to indicate Claire made any emotional mistakes, like you said. She did think that Heidi would side with her, mostly based on an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but and you alluded to this earlier, uh, that was mostly Heidi herself following this rule. Yes. You know, doing what she thought was best for herself strategically mm-hmm. and not even though, you know, Claire is like, oh, my God, you're going to be the one doing this to me. And yes. Claire was turning on the emotional or attempting to emotionally manipulate, which I'm not saying that is a bad thing. Right. Do it. Right. Um, you know, Heidi held strong mm-hmm. and didn't do it. Now, we'll see as the game progressives if that was, in fact, the right decision. But, you know, good for Heidi. Right. Claire. Right. Um, All right. We can go to the fifth rule, which reminds players they need to pretend to uh, be nice and play the social game. And this was an area where Claire indicated in interviews that she was really working the hardest. Unfortunately, it's also a part of the game that Survivor producers still haven't figured out how to show us. Um, So. Again, a fair number of people, judging on social media, just assumed Claire wasn't actually playing. Mm. But no, she was making social connections. We know about Franny and Matt and already discussed Heidi as well. Um, and, and, you know, like the Heidi connection, she said she mostly made through their time spent together at camp. Right. And these were the things she hoped would, would carry the day. And I think that this goes back to what we already talked about, where her family was kind of like keep it in check. And Mm -hmm. so I think she was trying to focus more on trying to formulate actual relationships as opposed to coming in there, kind of taking control and taking over, which probably allowed her to get to know people a little bit better and have more in-depth conversations with people Mm -hmm. because she was so mindful of that part of herself where she needed to not try to take over. But unfortunately, maybe she needed to a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, because, yeah, having a good social game is important. I'm hitting puberty again. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a reason that I have scheming and plotting ranked as number one. Yes. Mm-hmm. She got along very well with Heidi. Yeah. But when the time came for Heidi to choose whether to go with her friend, Claire, or her closest ally, Danny. Right. She went with Danny. Right. Mm-hmm. She knew how much it would hurt Claire. And in case she didn't, as we mentioned, Claire did a good job of showing her. Right. But Heidi still went the alliance route. Yeah. Yeah. That's All right. Name. The sixth rule warns against being too much of a threat. And my initial thought here was that obviously Claire wasn't one because as we'll discuss in Appendix A, part of the reason used by the rest of the tribe was kind of the opposite of a threat. Mm. Um, But then I remembered there was an episode one secret scene where Franny had an alliance with Claire, but she noted that she also recognized Claire as a smart player who she had to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, you know, we already mentioned this. Franny all only voted against Claire to be part of the group. Um, if Franny saw this aspect mm-hmm. of her, others probably did yes. too. And yes. this is where we circle to what you had talked about later, because in her interview with Rob, Claire said she thought Danny was starting to clock her mm-hmm. as a social and strategic threat. And, you know, as he got to know her better, mm-hmm. I don't 
fully know that I can give him quite that much credit yet. Yeah. Um, but I do wonder if it might have stemmed from as she was getting closer to Heidi mm-hmm. and Danny wanted Heidi yeah. as an ally. That made Claire a threat in that regard. Right. And I'm curious if this is very similar to the Carson Helen situation we saw, right, where he looked mm-hmm. at her and said, this is someone who is very smart and strategic and I need to take out the most smart and strategic person because they're going to be a problem for me later. And I don't know if Danny was looking at Claire the same way, but I think that he was probably making some realizations about her. If she's connecting with everyone and creating bonds Mm -hmm. with everyone, we've talked about it a lot when it comes down to likability. You can have an ally, which is great. You can have your ride or die, but sometimes things come down to who do I like more? Mm -hmm. And right now they're only six days in and Helen Really, or excuse Heidi. After I get all the Heidi really liked Claire. H names, right? Heidi really liked Claire, and as you said, if Danny is looking at that and thinking, "Well, Heidi's my ally right now, and Mm -hmm. I want to maintain that," this could be a problem for me later. We're going to nip it in the bud now. And Danny surprisingly seems to be understanding components of this game and working through this game really, really well. So even though I I don't know if he's at the same level as Carson, I do feel like Danny is in a position in this tribe where not only is he one of the strongest Mm -hmm. physical people on the tribe, he's also providing for the tribe. And what did she say? He built a mansion for them to live in. And, and, and so there's a lot of things about Danny that make him very uh, significant and necessary for the group. And so if Danny is the one leading the charge against someone, you really want to go against Danny because in the back of your mind, you're thinking, Hmm. And so I, I think that he probably just utilized that part of his game and looked at Claire and said, she's not going to benefit me later. And I really feel like that's what it came down to as far as the threat level being to Danny, as opposed to everyone as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure what to make of Danny in that regard yet. Mm. I mean, some of the things he's done seem very strategic. Other things, it's like he keeps talking about, I had to keep the attention off myself. And Claire's like, in her interviews, nobody was paying any attention to him. We, you know, So by doing some of the things to keep the attention off himself, he might actually draw attention to sure. himself eventually. So we'll, yeah. see, we'll see how that goes. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now, yeah, he seems to be making the right moves, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that includes like ninja somersaults and uh, eating paper, eating yes. the, the yes. thing. <laughs> so with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Uh, the seventh rule covers idols and advantages and game mechanics. And while Claire didn't get anything herself, uh, part of that was intentional. I mentioned earlier how she told Mike Bloom in the pregame that she could be an easy target uh, or she saw herself as a potential easy target. So she needed to make sure people trusted her. And that quote, came from when she was discussing how she would avoid getting caught searching for idols. Mm, mm -hmm. And so like everybody seemed okay with Danny running around everywhere in the jungle because that's who he was. Right. It would have been a bit more suspicious for the laziness czar to do that. Right. But also I have to give her credit for her first decision. We're talking about game mechanics, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that she paid attention to who else was going to be sitting out. And when she saw who was sitting out, made a decision. I'm sitting out, too, because I want to talk to that person, because that looks like a good person for me to talk to. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting dynamic that we haven't really seen. We've seen people attempt to communicate with other people mm -hmm. when they're sitting out. But sometimes you're really far away from each other. You don't have the opportunity to do that. But she took advantage of a situation that not many Survivor players have right. taken advantage of. And the fact that she thought through that and managed to get some really incredible information out of Matthew mm -hmm. is a very impressive part of the game mechanics that she was mindful of. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could also say, you know, her decision um, in terms of that game mechanic aspect uh, like Heidi really, you know, she saw Heidi really wanted to play too. So she mm -hmm. didn't want to, you know, now we'll discuss more of that in a couple minutes here, but, um, but yeah, there, there is that, that overall just view of the game as a whole. Yes. Now we do also have to address her use of the shot in the dark. Um, I, I, I don't think there's a whole lot to say because she was obviously a hundred percent correct to try it. Right. Um, she said in her interviews that she foresaw two possible outcomes. Either everyone was going to vote her out or Heidi might have flipped. So, you know, there would have been a like a, a, a two two vote against right. jo with her and Josh. Josh wouldn't get to revote and therefore would have been two one. And Josh so, would have gone. So it wouldn't have mattered if she had used her shot in either situation. Remind me what would have happened if she had been successful because all of the votes were against her. So did they just do an immediate revote? That's a damn good question. We I, I don't think we know the answer because it's all tied at zero at that point. Okay. Curious. Um, Very curious. So since it's tied at zero, I would say Does she just get to pick? No. She doesn't have a vote. She doesn't have so... a vote. I would say it's an immediate revote, like you said. I, mm -hmm. That's the only thing I can think of is that right. everybody has to vote. And normally in a tie, you can only vote for, um, you know, one of the people who's tied. Well, they're all tied at zero. So. Right. And she wouldn't be able to vote. So it would just be the right. five of them voting. She wouldn't get a vote and she couldn't be voted for. Right. So it would have been the other five voting and Josh would have been gone. I still don't like the shot in the dark or the loss of a vote. But Actually, that would it only would have been four people voting. Oh, Yes. 
because Matt doesn't have a vote. Right. See, I'm getting it correct now. Yeah. So actually, at that situation, I mean, that could have made some interesting combinations. Sure. Because maybe in that situation, Danny says, well, I don't want to lose Josh. So I'm going to tell Josh and Heidi to vote Franny now that we don't need to worry or ostensibly worry about Matt using his idol because it's a tiebreaker. Right. Even though Danny knows it's fake. Right. Yeah. But the other two didn't. So. I mean, and that could have pulled Matt further into his orbit, too. Mm -hmm. So that would have opened up all sorts of possibilities that would have been much more interesting than the one that ended up. I know I was I was kind of just honestly, I was a little ho-hum about the episode Mm -hmm. uh, and that that would have made it much more exciting. Yeah. And we wouldn't have been talking about Claire. Right. Um, So, I mean. Not that I want to be talking about Franny. So no, uh, and this is this is what makes this job so hard. Right. All right. Well, we can move to the long awaited Appendix A, uh, which is about the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And of course, we talk about voting out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. Uh, Once again, we saw various people discussing. Essentially, this appendix, both in and out of tribal council. Mm-hmm. including Claire herself and Claire in a secret scene. Right. Um, now, I want to start by noting we have an interesting situation here. Because as much as I talk about how alliances are the most important factor, this appendix literally talks about voting out the weaker players first to try to stay away from tribal council. Right. And if you're a person who hasn't competed in any of the three challenges because you or the rest of your tribe thought it would be best for others to do it instead, it is really easy for your tribe mates to call you weaker. Yes. And this brings up a really incredible point. You cannot hand people a reason to vote you out. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunately what Claire ended up doing here without even attempting to do that. When you say she reason, had... I would like to substitute the word excuse. But excuse, Thank you. Excuse is a much better word because. Claire thought, I mean, she went through all the permutations in her head as to Mm -hmm. why this would be good or bad or not good. And we've touched upon some of those. Like, what if they do lose the challenge and she's in it? And so but this is the first vote and people are looking for any excuse for it not to be them. And if if you have sat out three challenges and suddenly they can all go, well, you know that Claire, she hasn't performed in any challenges. We have no idea what she's capable of. She and she clearly doesn't want to perform. She's, you know, so like mm-hmm. all of this narrative is being creative. Being yeah, creative. I mean, even even her ally Franny was yeah. ticked off after that challenge. It was like, you know, we come back dirty and tired and. She right. comes back perfectly clean and right. fine, you know. And I will say that you you might not realize. I know that she talked about how one of those challenges was four hours. You do come back from those challenges exhausted mm-hmm. and sore, in pain, banged up, bruised. There's so many parts of it that you don't realize. And you don't want to act like you're in pain either. That's the other part of it. You're like, I really, really hurt, but I have to be put on a strong, brave face Mm -hmm. right now because you don't want people to think that you can't handle it. And there were plenty of challenges that I came back bruised and and messed up. But for her not to do that, of course, you're going to upset some people because they're coming back feeling that way. They're coming back tired and exhausted. And then you all have to share food. And they're like, well, we just exerted all of this energy and you didn't and you're still going to eat. So you're creating a potential animosity with Mm -hmm. people by doing what she did. Yeah. 
And, you know, we, we already talked about earlier, and as I mentioned earlier, there's been a lot of discussion already about uh, how this whole thing of voting out the weak has impacted uh, women players. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to say, you know, that I feel a little bad because I make the recommendation to vote out the weak at this stage. Mm-hmm. But David, I, it's your fault. It could be. But I, I want to make two points. One, I note in the appendix early on, the weak are those who will hurt your tribe's chances in the immunity challenges mm-hmm. or who will cause divisions in the tribe that will overall mm-hmm. weaken the group dynamic. Yes. Which will in the end hurt just as much as losing challenges. Yes. So I'm already emphasizing both aspects that Jeff brought up in tribal council because he said what's best for everyone's game is to never come back to tribal. But what's best for somebody's individual game could be, well, we have to get rid of somebody. Right. And there is a lot of discussion as well that we've heard. Jeff mentions it a lot, too. Mm -hmm. Like what's going to make the tribe stronger as a whole? What's going Mm -hmm. to help with the the dynamics and just the and just the. Are you going to walk away being a better tribe by this person being gone? And it's not always because of how strong that person is, but maybe that person is just like draining the energy of the tribe because of oh, yeah, how they're all behaving. Been around people like that. Right. You know? And so sometimes you have to end up looking at your group and going, well, this person is just just killing the dynamic around here and just making it like so difficult. You are with these people 24 mm-hmm. seven. And if someone is having that effect on you, it's not necessarily just about physical strength. It's about mental stability as well, that you as a person have to be around this person all the time. So I, I do understand the, the explanation as to both components. I in think regards you just to described this my old boss that we talked about earlier. Um, <laughs> yes. There are those people that when they yes, speak to you, yes. They're just sucking the life out of you, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, the second point I want to make here about this appendix is that we always note these rules are about an individual winning. So each individual player should be reading the rules for themselves. They're not about what is, you know, they're not about standing up for what's right. They're not Mm -hmm. about making a point. Sometimes the two overlap, sometimes not. Right. If someone is in a situation where they believe the best move is to vote out a particular player, then that's the situation they're in within the game. Mm -hmm. I know some players have gotten criticized for basically not throwing away their own games to stand up for others. Like you should have, you know, kept this person in the game because of insert reason. Um, But the point is they shouldn't have to, they are there to play a game too. It is not fair to ask them to do that. Yeah. The game should be set up so everybody can play the way they want. Yes. You know, we saw Maddie stick her own neck out to stop Jamie from getting booted in the first vote because she foresaw what could happen if a smaller woman was voted out first. And instead, she ended up going home. Yeah. So she did that. She basically ended up sacrificing, unintentionally mm-hmm. sacrificing herself, her own yep. game for mm-hmm. it. That doesn't do anybody any good. No. I mean, and this is a game for a million dollars. So unfortunately, you are going to have to make decisions that you might not love in the real world. But again, yeah. this is a game for a million dollars. And everyone is playing their own individual game and playing what they think is best for them. And I will never forget 
I was asked a question by a particular person's grandmother who had played Survivor with me. And grandmother played Survivor with you? No, their, I know. her grandson. Yes. I had never Ooh. met her before. And the first question I was, this is David Wright's grandmother. Oh, and the okay. first question that she asked me was, why didn't you give David the legacy advantage after what he did for you? I mean, it was the first thing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like meeting his grandmother. And I'm like, oh, this is so nice. And then immediately she's like, explain to me why you did what you did. Because you didn't. Ha- and I was like, oh, my God, like. And it's one of those things that every decision that players make mm-hmm. is a decision that they're making because they oftentimes ran it through their brain so many times they're ready to just like take their brain out of their head and put it to the side because it's so difficult to determine yeah. what is best for you as a player. And so I do think that sometimes viewers tend to forget that that person that you're angry for the decision they made or you think it was terrible mm-hmm. or why did you do this? It's a game for a million dollars. And that yeah. changes the way that you think about a lot of things when you're sitting out on an island, having to go through all of these things with these people and making a decision that could negatively affect your ability to do so. Right. So the problem that we've been talking about here shouldn't need to be addressed by individual players while right. they're playing. It needs to be addressed by survivor production. Yes. So the players don't find themselves in that situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't disagree. So, all right. So getting back to the specific situation for Claire, I and you and everybody in the world has already mentioned she, you know, could be seen as weaker because she didn't compete in any of the challenges. And, you know, Claire said in interviews, she came to play everything, but each time she swallowed her pride, put down the urge to play because she put the team first, especially Heidi, because mm-hmm. Heidi really didn't want to sit out. So Claire thought she was being nice by letting her play. So much for that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, She trusted them. And then some of them turned around and said, oh, we actually value challenge strength. Now, we could say she should have pushed harder. She should have been more like Heidi and making it known that she wanted to play. But you already mentioned it becomes a no-win situation. You know, she goes in and, and, you know, Claire said it in interviews. Okay, I push. I go in there and then we fail. And the tribe goes, Oh, this time we failed and Claire was here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's Claire's fault. Right. So, yeah, it becomes a no win situation. And on top right. of that, for this particular challenge, Franny and Matt both said they had practiced those exact types of puzzles a lot. Oh, don't get uh, me started on that again. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I guess that didn't help. Um, but, <laughs> you know, you better believe if she had volunteered to do the puzzle instead of someone who said they practiced a lot mm-hmm. and they still lost. Yeah. We'd be right here talking about her anyway. Right. Again, it's any reason to vote somebody out, vote number one. And if you are handing them a reason to look at you, that's why those decisions matter. Every decision you make, mm-hmm. if you are volunteering for something, if you're like, I can do it, God damn it, you better be able to do it. Because if you don't and you lose, then you are giving people a reason to look at you specifically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're you're in this situation, you know, or she was in the situation. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. Um, I And when I was talking about that and then earlier, I mentioned to you, uh, I, I used the word excuse instead of reason, because 
I really do think that's the situation. Not 100%, um, but it was an excuse for Danny in particular to point at her and get the others on board. Mm-hmm. Because back in the first rule, we discussed how once it was clear Matt wasn't going to be the target anymore, someone else had to, obviously had to be. Right. We know Danny is tight with Heidi. He seems to be using Josh. Who's left? Yeah. You know, we, we talked about it earlier. You can't say Franny because of the whole supposed idol thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claire was tugging on Heidi, also, as we discussed earlier. So, again, Danny has this reason to get rid of her. Right. I don't think challenge strength was actually high up on the list, even though he portrayed it as if it was. Yes. And this is where we go back to the other thing that we talk about a lot was perception as reality. Mm-hmm. And it's this created narrative that everyone can kind of join in and get behind, even though Danny has some other idea in his head as to why this would be beneficial for his game. Well, you can just say, well, look, she hasn't performed any challenges. And so it doesn't seem as pointed. It doesn't seem as strategic. And it makes Danny appear as if he's not as good of a player as he potentially is, because it's this thing everybody saw. And it's this thing everybody can agree on without having to get into the weeds. Yeah. Now, you know, one thing we don't know, and I don't think I saw any interviews they hit on the subject, was whether Claire pointed out in her discussions with Heidi, like, hey, if their vote, if you're basing this vote on challenge strength, uh, you're next. Yeah. You know, now maybe it wouldn't have mattered anyway. And I suspect the answer is it wouldn't have mattered anyway, because Heidi was tight with Danny. She felt safe, even if it was challenge strength. And who knows? Maybe Heidi knew the truth about what Danny was doing, mm-hmm. that it actually wasn't. I mean, Heidi did say some things at at tribal council that, um, you know, indicate that she knew that. And sure. Claire, Claire noted to Mike Bloom, it's interesting even he- hearing Heidi going like, I don't really have a relationship with Josh, but I'm still going to vote Claire. And I think that emphasizes that it was her alliance with Danny that carried the day. And we've been talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, this appendix does note whatever else is going on. Again, alliances should generally be your highest priority. Right. Can't fault anyone for that. Yeah. Now, I do want to note that Franny made some very good points in trying to argue the tribe away from voting Claire. And although she said she wouldn't go against Heidi, just as Danny also said, uh, she pushed the trust aspect of strength. The one you know that I mentioned, the alternate, mm-hmm. and said that Claire not playing in challenges is fixable. Josh being suspicious isn't. Yes. And that fell on deaf ears, it seems. Yes. All right. Well, it is about time to wrap things up. So what are your final thoughts? Oh, Claire, we all had such high hopes. (laughs) I do believe I can say all in that statement because you really were, I think, uh, a fan favorite coming into this game for great reason. You came in with a plan, an idea. Clearly, you were a super fan, as you indicated, you've been watching for a very long time. Clearly or clearly? (laughs) That keyhole was a significant component of your upbringing. And we are very lucky to have experienced it. Just a part of Claire, not as much as we all probably would have liked. I do think that she would have been a force if she had been able to stay in this game because she did keep herself calm and composed and she created relationships with those people on her tribe. But unfortunately this game requires you to be who you are 
but also keep some of yourself contained. And I think Claire probably kept too much of herself contained and didn't allow herself the ability to take control, as I think we saw Danny doing in a very underhanded kind of manner. I think Claire could have definitely pulled that off, but by the time she tried six days in, it was too late. Danny already had the people that he needed. He had the numbers. And unfortunately for Claire, she had so many things working against her, like one of her alliance members also losing a vote, which I think is a terrible component to anyone's game and a very big issue for her when you're looking at a six-person tribe. So overall, I think Claire certainly did play Survivor, even though people are saying that she didn't. It wasn't just about the sit-out bench. There was a lot of other things that needed to be considered. And I think we've addressed all of those nicely. And I'm sure David Bloomberg will wrap it up for us very well right now. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, Yeah, Claire said in her interview with Rob that sitting out was a factor but not the factor leading to her demise in the game. And, you know, while it had become something of an impossible situation for her, the one thing I'll mention here is that we often say you shouldn't volunteer for specific things like the puzzle because it can put you in a a dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. I guess we should also say you shouldn't say stay totally hidden in the challenges Mm -hmm. because it is that easy excuse for someone to use. And we've just talked about how people will use any excuse when it comes to the first vote. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'd call it at this time, an easy excuse. But then easy excuses turn into factors, like she was saying. Claire wondered at Tribal Council, is brute force strength really tribe strength? Tribe strength is trusting each other and working together. Matt agreed that Survivor is a game of trust. And even Heidi agreed as well even though she was the one who decided Claire's fate. Mm. That tells us a lot about the real reasons Heidi voted against her. Claire most definitely played Survivor, but as she said in her final words, she got outplayed, specifically when it came to Dan. But it wasn't just that he's some strategic genius. I mean, he might be. We'll have to see. Uh, We mentioned that earlier. But right now, it was because he held a position of power that nobody else had while Mm -hmm. she found herself in a position of lost power. Uh, See, this was the part you jumped to earlier. Um, Danny was the strongest in challenges, was never considered as a target, while she sat out every challenge, giving people that easy excuse that I already mentioned. Claire's ally, Matt, lost his vote, leaving her in a much less powerful position. Now, on top of all of that, Danny hit the real idol and gave Matt the fake one, meaning he wanted to keep Matt around to control him later. If either of those last two things had been different, I think Claire would have made it through. Without the fake idol, Danny would have no reason to save Matt. And, you know, maybe that apparent original plan would have continued. If Matt had his vote, he and Franny could have stood strong with Claire, which I believe would have caused Heidi to go with them rather than risking a tie. Mm -hmm. You know, without that, she stuck by the person, Heidi, that is, stuck by the person. She considered her number one ally. Since Claire hadn't been able to take over that position or pull anyone else to her side, she was left hanging. Yeah. And that is why Claire lost. There we are. All right. Well, before we get to our predictions, let me remind everyone that the rules we just discussed are available in uh, poster form 
and t-shirt form mm-hmm. and checklist form. That's right. Again, go to robhaswebsite.com slash yxlostfeed. Um, also, uh, we want to tell you where you can reach us. Oh, yes. On Twitter, which is a happening place. I am at Jessica Lewis 89. <laughs> he is at David Bloomberg. And you should certainly follow us both. We do live tweet during the episodes. And oh, he beat me to it. Do you see mm-hmm. what's happening here? He knows just how popular he is all over <laughs> the Internet. So popular that he has to have a special page that just designates and shows you every place you can go to follow David Bloomberg. So you should definitely go there. And follow it, David Bloomberg on everything. Yes, and that is Linktree slash David Bloomberg. Of course, there is a dot before the EE because, you know, heaven forbid they should use the whole word. Right. Um, and we discussed this last time. Where is that link? That's on it. You can't see it on there because there's a page of links away from there. So, so you should change your at David Bloomberg here I to can't. the Linktree. No, no, on your name. Under, oh, underneath your yeah, picture? that would confuse people, but maybe. <laughs> um so, yes, uh, again, link tree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the EE. Um, and of course, there you'll find me, my links to uh, various other places, including primarily TikTok, YouTube, mm. Instagram, where I'm at David Bloomberg TV on all three of those. And I encourage everyone to subscribe there so you're notified of new videos. Um, you know, I've been posting about three a day. Uh, survivor, Australian survivor, a mix of other things. So uh, definitely check those out. Uh, you know, again, at David Bloomberg TV at those places. <laughs> now, <a> TikTok guru. <laughs> now, I had all my predictions written up. They were literally the first thing that I wrote up for this. Thank week. God I didn't. <laughs> yes. And now you may be wondering why she says that. And the reason is, CBS, the brilliant minds at CBS, (laughs) went and released a press photo that gave away information we could not ignore. Now, we don't deal in spoilers, Mm -hmm. but this came from CBS. Right. It doesn't specifically tell us who gets booted or anything like that. So I wouldn't really call it a spoiler, but it does give away a twist. Right. And just to say as well, I know not everybody goes on the CBS website and looks at these photos. So, again, this is like in the universe. It's on the Internet. It's at the CBS website. It's at the CBS. It's on Reddit. It's probably on Twitter. So it's it's out out there. there, It's out there. Right. So Um, so please don't be angry with us. Well, (laughs) and if you're going to be angry with us, if if anyone might think of this as a spoiler, we understand. Mm -hmm. So if you get the predictions this week. Because we can't ignore this information when we're doing the predictions. Right. Um, I mean, I had to delete all my previous stuff. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you want to skip them and skip ahead or whatever, we understand. Right. So I'm giving you a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Probably most of you are still here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so the photo showed that there appears to be a one person swap mm. that is no no three well one it's, it's yeah. one each right and so the most likely scenario seems to be that one person from each tribe went on the jury and they all ended up getting moved to different tribes which is insane yes so josh ended up on tika 
or I say ended, I guess will end up. Um, Jamie is on Soka and Carson is on Ratu. This obviously puts all of those players in very dangerous spots. Mm-hmm. So if Ratu goes to tribal council, I don't know how Carson gets out of being the target unless he immediately realizes that Kane had been the target and he jumps on board the Kane train. Uh, I think he could pull that off because we've seen how anti-Kane people had been for several days. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it'll matter because I don't think Ratu will lose the challenge. Well, but you know, what's also interesting is the arm is back in the sling in this photo too. It is. So we'll have to see, but they still but have they're going to have to sit out one person each as well. So, right. So, you know, they could be fine there. If Soka goes to tribal council, the rest of the tribe could just pick off, pick up where they left off in claiming they voted out the weakest player this week. And that would just turn the same thing on Jamie while knowing that, of course, it's actually because she's not in any of their alliances. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think Soka will go back. Last week, I predicted that if Tika went back to tribal council, Sarah would probably be toast. And then we saw a couple scenes this week, including a secret scene that made me feel like she would last longer. And as I'm watching this, I could not for the life of me figure out how. I think we know how now. Mm-hmm. And I think we also know why we've seen so little of Josh yeah. beyond what we talked about earlier about him just maybe being reserved. Mm-hmm. He ends up with some very prominent people on Tika. And I think they're going to vote him out. I mean, you've got Carolyn and Jam Jam. Right. And Josh, you know, so who are we going to hear from? Let's just be honest here. Right. Nothing against Josh. I don't know enough about Josh to have anything against right. him. Right. Uh, and even if I did, I don't think I'd have anything against him. But I I mean, I know I've predicted Josh getting booted before, but this time I mean it. And in fact, I mean it so much that I doubled down in my draft on points well, for, him, now. for him getting uh, the boot. Well, I'm giving away information to the people competing are. against me because, you know, me in last place is really, uh, you know, worrying some people. I know it's not so good, but I will say this. I have to agree with you. I don't see any other reason for this not happening mm-hmm. just based upon what we know of the current dynamics. And also, when you have a situation like this, this is why. I prefer just a tribe swap idea mm-hmm. because we always wonder like who's going to get swapped screwed, right? That's something that people talk about all the time. All three of them got swapped screwed. Well, right. And so in a situation like this, when you're only adding, you're switching, mm-hmm. you know, one person and adding a new person, you have no loyalty to that new person. So what did we just talk about for a very long time? Mm-hmm. Any excuse to vote somebody out, right? right? And now you have been handed one on a silver platter. Like we don't know this person. What type well, of loyalty it, do we have to this person? And especially if it's Josh, after hearing how reserved he's been. Yeah. Carson, I could see working. Carson will work the there. room, right? He will work the room. Josh is not. Josh the room. almost got voted out this week. Because well, wasn't Josh even telling his day? tribe that like, yeah, I could go. 
Like, wasn't he even? I was a little confused about that one. Yeah, I was a little confused. So I didn't use that in anything. Yeah, no. So I'm curious. Like, so I don't see him going in there and fighting Mm -hmm. because when you have a swap and you're down in numbers, you have a tendency to to figure out how am I going to save myself and what am I going to do? But you usually come with maybe somebody else that you can. Yeah. Like, hey, I I have a second here. You know, so listen, you work with us and well, either you have a second or it's the old joke about the bear. You just got to run faster than the other guy. You well, right. know? Yeah. And, and so you either have a second to help you or, to or throw you the throw bus. them under the bus. Exactly. Yeah. And like in this situation, you don't have that option. Yeah. And so this is a terrible thing that I think was done to these three individuals. And I do think that out of everyone who was swapped, I, I do think that he will not be fighting as hard as the mm-hmm. other players might be fighting in order to try to ingratiate themselves and maybe find a crack, maybe find somebody who's willing to listen to them. Yeah. And I just don't see that happening for Josh. Yeah. All right. There's next week's why blink loss. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, whew, done. Yeah. Love that. Um, all right. Well, as we wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RJP patron program at, <clears throat> there is you, this wow. is amazing wow uh, what is happening to david um, bloomberg yeah going back to puberty um at rob has a website.com slash patron and of course you can get access to all the special podcasts that are put out just for patrons plus the facebook group discord so support shows like this one and everything in the network by becoming a patron at rob has website.com slash patron or just click on the link at our rob has website.com slash yx lost feed page and of course once you get to the facebook groups make sure to say hello also mm-hmm. make sure you're subscribed to all the reality tv wrap ups podcasts by going to rob has website.com slash wrap ups feed and selecting your podcast service of choice you'll of course get Lots of Survivor podcasts like us, the B&B, Stockwatch, Survivor International, but also a number of different other shows and topics. It's just amazing how many there are that are all piling in here at the, you know, and, and being put out onto the network. Yeah. There's, there's so many. that If you have an interest that's anywhere related to reality TV or many other things, it's mm-hmm. there. Yes. Um, now, I personally don't have any other podcasts to plug right now. Um, I will be on some upcoming episodes of both Truth Unrestricted, which I've mentioned before. Uh, and also, I will be back on the Trader podcast to discuss the finale of the Traders UK. Um, but that'll be another uh, you know, week to two weeks before those come out. Excellent. And can I thank everyone at this point in time? So thank you to Scott St. Pierre for all of the editing that he does on all of the incredible work that you just heard David Bloomberg speak of. He does the editing not for Why Blank Lost, but everything that appears on the RHAP webpage, website, all of those delicious podcasts that you should listen to. So thank you so much, Scott, for all of the work that you do. And also thank you to Will from America for the theme song that was created for Why Blank Lost. We love it. It's very catchy. Thank you so much. And thank you to the listeners for another incredible time spent with us right (laughs) an hour and 35 minutes in Mm -hmm. and thank you david for this time and opportunity yet again to uh you know mention some things about me that maybe people have forgotten and now they're going to go back and start googling and looking up so thank you i really appreciate that so very much and i even you know since i knew i was going to be talking about you even though i realized people couldn't see the shirt uh because i had to look into the camera uh and but um you know there's the uh 
the this is the first live blank lost t-shirt that jessica had you could tell it's old because i don't even have a beard uh but maybe that was back when i was originally going through puberty uh but <laughs> that was uh, so old school and it yeah. that was one of those situations where i had to find some place to like design mm-hmm. it and i brought a picture of you and me and i was like listen we need to have microphones this needs to happen <laughs> so yes and i have one of those as well but mine is a little bit different Yes, I believe it says that on the back. Yes, it does. <laughs> David, you're right for those who are listening. So, so yes, yes. So that's quite fun. So it's always nice to uh, to reminisce. Just yes. There. So thank you, uh, of course, Jessica, for another great week. Uh, listeners, we will be a couple days later than usual next week due to mm-hmm. scheduling. But don't worry, we'll be here. We will. Uh, and so we will see everybody then. Bye. Bye. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.